Welcome to the second iteration of the free basketball team rankings. I can't even remember. It used to be team previews, and then I changed the name to like team ranking because I felt like that was probably more appropriate than actually saying their actual previews. Um, but welcome to the second edition of this. We did say last week that you're going to get the final 15 teams in our rankings this week, but we lied. Um, that was not on purpose. That was Psych. unforeseen. That was a change kind of midweek after we published the first 15 teams. You're going to get the next 10. And then you're going to get the final five, our top five, consensus top five, next week. Um, so he, this is going to be teams 15 through six on our list. So we are cracking the top 15. So you're only going to get 10 of them this week. Sorry. Um, you'll have to come back next week for our final five, our top five teams. Before that, Daniel, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Just cashing on some kickers. Beautiful mm. day. Love the kicker game. Cody, yep. are you driving to Kansas to cash anything? No, it's far. Um, <laughs> and so I haven't been driving too much. I, I did do a couple uh same game parlays when I was over there a couple weekends ago. And uh, oh, those did not turn out. <laughs> Just like, you know, don't trust the 49ers. Oh, so like, but I trusted, but I parlays. Yeah, but I trusted 99% of same game parlays. Yeah, but I didn't, but I also like didn't trust Russell Wilson, you know, Mm. because who does? Yeah, yeah, football has been a very mixed bag for me as well. So, um, I knew it was a zero around. It was, oh, uh, I knew you know what? I did win, I won three dollars and 78 cents. Hey, um, I bet on the it was either the Buccaneers or the Falcons. I can't remember. It was one of those. They were the team color scheme was red, but I bet <laughs> on them to win a game with a minute and a half left. Mm. And they it was a five dollar bet, won three dollars and seventy eight cents, you know, so nice. pretty, pretty nice come up. There you go. You got to start somewhere. Nobody's going to shame anybody about being in the green. Um, you'd rather see, what is it? You'd rather see black than red, right? Uh, uh, on your balance sheets. Yeah, really you'd, dep- you'd rather be in the black than the red. Yeah. You better be in the black. We don't I mean, want to see any red on the balance sheet. Depends on who, which roulette table you're at and what you, know, what you got down <laughs> on the table. Let's, you know. That aside, let's get into these 10 teams here. 15, this is the next team in our ranking. As you know, ending last episodes coming in at 16 was the lowly Los Angeles Lakers. And here's a team that maybe it's kind of a toss-up with the Lakers. We're going to kind of see. But the maybe the Eastern version of this team, potentially. The Atlanta Hawks, who last year went 43-39, and 39, which is good for ninth in the East. They were bounced 4-1 in the first round by the Miami Heat. Obviously, they got DeJounte Murray. Um, Cody, is that enough? We talked a little bit about DeJounte Murray, what he meant to the Spurs last week's episode. Is he going to be that valuable? Is he going to be that guy to propel the Atlanta Hawks to finally being a consistent and stable team, like the team we saw make a run just two years ago to the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't think that it matters what DeJounte Murray does, and I'll tell you why. 
Mm. Because I think it all comes down to what Trey Young does. Oh, okay. Is this a big Trey Young season for you? Are you predicting a massive Trey Young year? I think Trey. So this is what I think about Trey Young. I think Trey Young has shown in he's shown in a in a flash for a period of time that he could like really be like that kind of guy and like on a <clears throat> on a team he was playing defense kind of he was like making the right like passes and stuff like that and not just like chucking up shots and stuff like that like he was like getting he was taking those crazy shots but like actually within the flow of the game so and that was when they made their run you know in the deep in the playoffs i think that like it really comes down to what he's going to do if this team will play defense and will you know make the right mm. basketball play and not stand around and not have four guys stand around watching one guy um it really comes down to him. I think having DeJounte Murray like does help because that gives you another person who can like initiate, who can be the like primary ball handler. And like maybe you can, you know, use Trey Young in more of a like shooting guard role at times. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think no matter what, you want the ball in Trey Young's hands. He's the best player on the team for sure. He has the most skill and talent. But uh, but ultimately, it comes down to him for me if he can, mm. you know, if he can step it up or not. I like that point daniel to kind of roll off the back of that do you believe for the hawks for the success is it more about trey being not like he's a really good offensive player we know what he is he puts up the points last year i think he scored the most total points in the nba last year he was pretty durable overall he puts up assists um is it more of the stability of him on the decent defensive end is like Dejounte covering up the biggest thing or are you worried more about the remaining parts of the Atlanta Hawks? Um, honestly, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's either one of those two. If it if it's mm-hmm. me, I think it's more about Trey Young's offense. Like, can he, I guess, facilitate enough and be that uh, I guess aggressive with his scoring? Because uh, he has to be a scoring leader. But he also has to facilitate and bring everybody up to kind of his level and get them good shots. I think he has – I think they have to outscore teams. I don't think it's about, you know, really playing teams at a 105, 110 game. I really think that their games have to be in the 120, 125 for them to be really good. And I kind of compare the Atlanta Hawks to the New York Mets. And they just got put out of the wild card game. They're great on paper. They have some big names. But in the end of the day, I think they're just a regular season team, just like the Hawks. Wow. Sorry to all the listeners that just turned off the podcast after the baseball reference. (laughs) That will be that's one baseball reference allowed. And it was in within the first 10 minutes. So at least we got it out of the way. Uh, But no, Daniel, to go back on what you say about Trey Young, like, do we not already see him put up a lot of points and distribute to everybody already? Are you looking for a different level from him offensively? Well, the, he, he has to make everybody like a little bit more effective. Like, honestly, like stand around. He, yeah. Like, on, like, like letting that. him just kind of go to work and score points. That's great. Right. Like I'm talking about making his teammates better and making them more effective. Uh, and I know that's a little bit on them as well. But they're only as good as as they are. 
Like, I think he has to make them more of a threat because of him being such a threat. And so I know it's weird. It doesn't make sense a lot of times, but I promise you, if they can figure out a way offensively to be a juggernaut, defense won't matter. But if defense Mm. has to matter, this team won't be good. Interesting. Yep. Go ahead, Cody. Well, I was just going to say another thing on like, you know, Trey Young does get a lot of assists, but how many of those are like really good assists and how many of those are like just dump offs to a guy that's standing next to him in the paint when everyone collapses on him right near the basket? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting thing that because they have talked about that in media day and stuff like that, that uh, Trey Young said over summer, man, I can play off ball. And maybe it's kind of like, we'll just kind of wait till we see it kind of thing. Um, I know it feels like a cop-out, but they're saying all the right things, right? Like DeJounte chose the Hawks. He had this story, you know, where he was at when they played the Hawks. He liked the environment. He liked the crowd, and he wanted to be there. That's why he wanted to be a Hawk. So they're saying all the right things, but the problem is, is I'm not sure about the reliability of the other players that they'll need, right? Like John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Clint Capella, like, these are all guys who, for the past couple seasons, have been major health concerns, especially DeAndre Hunter. Um, now, I know Deontay being there it kind of makes it easier for DeAndre. He doesn't have to be- guard the best, you know, quick guard. DeJounte can do that. DeAndre can kind of guard, like, bigger scores, which is probably more suited to him. But to me, for this team, it's all about, like, we say this with almost every team, right? It's health. But if they're top end guys, like if three of their top six guys are for the past couple of seasons been consistently in and on lineup with health, how can we really expect them? Like, how can we say for sure, oh, this is a top 10 team if we're not sure about that reliability? So that's kind of my biggest question with the Hawks. I agree with all your other points. And I am interested that Nate McMillan has said that Jalen Johnson. You remember him, Daniel, from just a year ago. Yeah. Um, he's going to get he's going to get some shots. He's going to he get a chance. And I'm very excited about that. I think me and you are both big friends, big friends, big uh, friends big of his. Friends. huh? <laughs> We're big friends of his big friends of his new phrase uh, just dropped. Uh, no, but we're Let's really make a T-shirt fans. with that on it. We're <laughs> really big fans of Jalen Johnson. So I'm really interested to see what kind of role he'll have and if he'll be, you know, kind of a mainstay in this new lineup. But let's go to 14, the 14th team in our ranking. This one kind of hurt my heart because I want to put them higher. I'm really high on this team, and I don't really know why, because there's no one on this team that exactly jumps out the page at at, at you. Um, but they're really interesting to me. So I'm interested to talk about them. The Toronto Raptors. Last year went 48 and 34, which is good for fifth in the East, which probably no one expected for this team. They were bounced 4 2 in round one by the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, now, thing with the Raptors for me, and Daniel, I will start with you on this first. I just felt like they were injured all the time. Um, but when I looked at it, they had one of their better injury luck seasons last year. <laughs> Like most of their guys were there top end for most of the season in general. Um, And Fred Van Vliet had an awesome year shooting from three. I mean, he was like one of the top five guys in threes, I believe, across the board. Um, Do you think that health luck for this kind of team could regress 
Um, and could we be looking at a maybe not an improvement, but maybe stay around the mid 40s? This is why we have them at 14th in our rankings. They stay kind of like in the fifth to seventh in the east. Or do you think that we over we're I'm overreacting to the actually having good injury luck last year and they will be a top team in the east like some believe? So, uh, yeah, so a team like this, I look at and I kind of see who's their main guy. And that's usually what I look at, especially on NBA teams, where there's only going to be five on the court. Um, I'm looking at who is their main guy. That is really their ceiling. Like if he mm-hmm. is a superstar, then yeah. But if you're looking at like this team, like they are a very good group of guys and they have a lot of talent. No doubt in my mind. But who are they? I think they're just a good team, and I think they're going to be tough to beat. But unless a lot of things break the right way, they're not championship contenders. And so I I just Mm. think that they're an okay team, and I think they're a great regular season team. Going to be a tough team to put out, especially in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I I think they're only as good as their best player. Um, And so we'll we'll see. But I I think that they're just going to be a middling uh, middle-of-the-road team. Yeah, I think that's totally fair because ultimately it's probably why I landed on, you know, having them lower in the teens right here is because I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I think Nick Nurse is awesome. I love the team, the depth, the versatility. Like they are going to be a hard regular season out. But when it gets into the playoffs and you need a guy to kind of lift you, I'm not really sure I believe in guys like Siakam, you know, Fred Van Vliet, like, is it truly about the emergence of Scotty Barnes? Is that the guy that that's kind of been waiting or Cody, do you think this is a potential, like if they're having a really good regular season, but they're just missing that one gear guy. Is this a team that should be monitoring what the nets are doing all season? Is this a potential Kevin Durant team? So that would be interesting because then Toronto would be, like kind of a, just a destination for like, you know, the gunslingers to go. You're a star who wants a title. We have a ready-made team. We just got to move one or two pieces and slide you right in. We'll just win, win the title. Mm. But if you were the Raptors, would that interest you or are you just kind of banking on the growth of Scotty Barnes? No, I'm just banking on the growth of Scotty Barnes. I don't want to, bring all that like because is Kevin Durant gonna be like no you get, we gotta get Kyrie over here like <laughs> honestly I'd rather have Fred Van Fleet. Yeah like, <laughs> that's interesting because I think I would too <laughs> like I just stick with what I got like I mean this is a pretty like good like core of guys like I mean yeah it's like one or two pieces away but I don't know that I don't know I just don't know that Kevin Durant is it like, because what are you going to give up for him? You're going to have to give up like Siakam and all your depth and young guys. And yeah. Like, and you're going to have yeah. to give up all kinds of stuff for well, mate, one or for, well, I guess it's a few years to come in there. But like, what if he's just like, eh, I don't want to play man anymore? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I'm not saying the Raptors will do it, but it does feel like a, Awesome regular season. Really unsure about the top end talent when you get to the playoffs. That's what's kind of like keeping me at bay. But of course, it's all about Scotty Barnes' growth. I mean, Precious Achua came on last year, 
Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see where he goes. But this team obviously is going to be a defensive menace. I mean, they're going to bug every single team every single night. So be ready to try to score whenever you're playing the Raptors on the schedule. Like, I have a feeling a lot of teams are just going to try to pack it in and not, uh, not try to go through all of that, just a sea of arms and limbs and physical play <laughs> against you on a Thursday night in November. Um, so they're going to be an interesting team. We'll just kind of see. Now, a team that I think a lot of people think is interesting with number 13, the New Orleans Pelicans. Last year went 36 and 46, which was ninth in the West. Somehow made the playoffs. Uh, they were bounced 4 2 in round one by the Phoenix Suns. Daniel, this feels like the year, right? CJ McCollum turns 31. There's so much Brandon Ingram love out there that you can choke on it. You see so many things about Zion's return. I mean, the NBA posted a oh, look at this pass by Zion today with, you know, eye emojis, and it was literally the softest backdoor pass I've ever seen in my life. Um, There is a lot of hype surrounding Zion's return, Brandon Ingram being the guy, CJ turning 31, um, and he's there kind of the veteran putting everybody together, Jonas Valanciunas. They got Herb Jones. You know, they like their rookies. Are you buying it at all? Uh, yeah, I can't say I'm buying it. Um, mm. It just it the, the simple fact of it is is we haven't seen Zion in the league really yet, and and that's really what it comes down to for me. I think Zion is awesome, and I think that he is a all star superstar through and through when healthy, and that's the biggest thing. And that's what sucks is like I want to see this team healthy just like everybody else. The NBA wants to see this team healthy uh, because uh, the dollars. But the rivalry between the Grizzlies and um, you know the Pelicans is awesome. I love it. I just want to see them healthy. But let, let's get off of that and actually go down to the team. Who are they? I, I think that they lack uh, a true point guard. I think that's an issue. I think – Brandon Ingram is kind of the the guy who is so inconsistent but shows so much potential that you like always give him the benefit of the doubt. And I really think that's what he's been given. I don't think JV and Zion work well together. Um, And if you heard that comment about uh, when Zion made it, he talked about Steven Adams so much when he was asked about JV. I think there's something there. I like mm. JV. I loved I loved him here, but I just think that there's something with this team. I just don't think they have a good nucleus of a team. I think they're very good on paper. I just don't know how good they're really going to be um, if you actually you know play out the games. Yeah, I mean it's obviously they're going to be a defensive team, right? That is going to be their calling card. Which are they? I, I, I think they I think they believe themselves to be a defensive team. Yes. Wow. I think that is what they're going to hinge on that first. The problem is, is we haven't seen Zion play and let alone play a high level of defense. And when he did play, his defense was very poor. Um, and you make an interesting point about Valanciunas because it is interesting to wonder what is his place on this team, right? Because without him, 
they kind of have questionable front court depth, right? Like they're not a very good rebounding team last year. If you kind of look into it Uh, now, I didn't look into injuries and who was out and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, this was a team last year who I think their Vegas over under was 40 wins and they ended what 30, what I say, 36 or something like that. Yeah. 36 and they made the playoffs. So, now they're expect they didn't even meet expectations last year, but now they have CJ McCollum for a full season. Zion's coming back. They got year two out of you know a lot of these guys, and now they're going to be ten wins better based on their Vegas over under right now. Uh, these are the things that I'm trying to figure out. Um, if they're if it's smoke and mirrors, if it's just hype. And so, Cody, you get the question, too. Is it just hype, or do you think there's actually substance there? If everybody's healthy, I think there's substance. If everybody's not healthy, I don't think. Like, I what think is the, What do you think the apex of this team is? Like, is this a higher seed in the Western Conference if everything went absolutely right? Or is I mean, this I think, still a play-in team? No, I think, I, I think that it's – I mean, the, I don't know. Everything's so crazy in the West. I think that... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yep. I mean, like, really anything could happen. Like, if I could see it coming together for this team and, like, them being, like, a five or six seed, I don't see them, like, being, like, you know, like, one or two or anything like that. But I definitely could see them, like, being above the play-in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Love the pieces. But with a lot of these NBA teams, I have a hard time buying into the hype. And especially with the unreliability of health and all of that, what's the question mark with JV and Zion? Like, is it, are they going to be able to play together? Does it even make sense? Are they going, are those two even going to be able to defend together when they're on the court? Um, That, those are big questions I think they got to figure out. But I think they have interesting pieces, right? Like, they have pieces to be something, but is that's why a lot of these teams in these mid teens were they're not realized yet. We saw what they could do against the Suns. Now we get a full season, so let's hope health folds up because this could be a really interesting, really exciting team. Especially like you said, Daniel, for the Grizzlies, this could be this could make for a fantastic Southwest um, division race between them, the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks. So we'll kind of see, but they're kind of a question mark right now. I think that's why we have them on the outside um, of the top 12, cracking the top 12, the Cleveland Cavaliers. People might've been wondering where we might have them, if they might be a little higher or what, but I think they're properly rated right here for what they are. Last year, 44 and 38, eighth in the East. They were bounced in back-to-back playing games by the Nets and the Hawks, and they were just decimated by injuries over, you know, the last 30 to 40 games or so of the season after having an incredibly hot start to the season and being as high, I believe, as a three or a two seed at some point in the East. Um, So they – it's – but, of course, the biggest news, Cody, I'll start with you, is Donovan Mitchell. And everybody's wondering, is Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland a good fit? And I'm just, before I even ask you a question, that's not a question to ask you. I'm going to say that it's a good fit and it does work. My question is, who are the guys five for eight that is interesting enough for this team that makes them an actually good team? Because here's your list. You got Ricky Rubio coming off injury that they brought back, released and brought back. Kevin Love, 
Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, Chetty Osmond, Karis LeVert. I mean, outside of Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, um, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, I mean, is five through eight any combination of those guys I just listed? Does that really stick out to you as this being worthy of a top 12 team in the NBA? Yeah. Yes, you're in. I'm in on it because I think with those top five guys, if you mix in some of these other guys, like, I mean, Kevin Love, championship player there. I mean, he, he might was not second, be. He was second in six-man voting last year. Yeah. So, I mean, Kevin Love, that's a guy right there. Karis Avert, I mean, that's a guy. That's, he could do something. He could come in and, like, score some buckets. He can, you know, do some one-on-one stuff, some isolation things. You got Osman. He can shoot. He can get some uh, – he can play some defense, you know. So, those are, you know, those are some pieces. I've seen teams do more with less. <laughs> so, Cody is an all-out buyer. I like it because I'm a buyer too. Daniel, similar type question but with a little twist here. Donovan Mitchell – I said Don Mitchell, Darius Garland could be a good fit. Don Mitchell solves the problem for the Cavs where they didn't have a go-to score. Now they have a go-to score, but they're both undersized. But they are saved by Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Donovan Mitchell, notorious person who does not pass to his big man. Is it going to be different this time around because Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are much more skilled with the ball in their hands than Rudy Gobert? Or does Donovan Mitchell kind of stunt the growth of those two? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, good question. But I, I think that Evan Mobley plays a different style of offense that I think he's more of a three, stretch four, where he's out on the wing. He's going to look like a guard, feel like a guard, play like a guard. I don't think that matters at all. I don't think Jared Allen wants the ball, needs the ball. I think he actually goes and gets the ball – uh, mainly on rebounds. I, I think he's a kind of a putback guy. I think he's a lob guy. I don't think he's you know a guy who's really saying, hey, I have to have the ball in the post, like feed me the ball. Uh, I don't even think he's trying to post up, uh, unlike Rudy Gobert was acting like he wanted to. But, you know, when he gets the ball, what's Rudy going to do with it? Just, you know, <laughs> one terrible move at a time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, this team, a uh, little bit back on Cody's question, I think this team – is like the opposite of a regular season team. I think Mm. they are built for the playoffs. I think they're going to have to play well enough to get to the playoffs, but their five are really good. And you want to talk about a a guy, you know, like Kevin Love coming off the bench for them, gives them a little stability, a little veteran leadership. I think that goes a long way, especially in the playoffs, especially gearing up to the playoffs. And so I think they're actually a team that's opposite of a regular season team. I think they're very much in line to be a good playoff team. So who is the five for you? Like, who's that fifth guy? Is it Karis LeVert, Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, like Chetty Osman? Who, who is the guy rounding out that five for you? You know, I, I, honestly, I don't – I hate saying this. I, I don't think it matters. I, okay. think, yeah. I think you have your one, two, and you have your four, five. So hmm. find you a three that meshes. I, I think it's play, you know, figure it out throughout the year. Who who best suits you? What I would do if it was me, I'd put the best defensive three on the court with the starters. And as you play throughout the game, 
who has it better throughout the game, who's who's playing well. And as you get towards the the closing lineup, how do you manipulate to get that guy into the into that spot to be the right three to close out the game? You know, is it a Coro? Is it Kevin Love who can maybe you, you know, you go big and you slide, you know, Evan Mobley, you know, to the three type, you know, where he's kind of the other guard slash big. I, I think they can intermingle. I think they can do whatever they need to. Um, Isaiah Coro will probably be the guy who gets that call, but I think you can go different ways. But I, I think the best defensive guy, because I think you have Mobley, Mitchell, uh, that can easily be somebody who can play off of Garland. Um, I think Garland's going to be probably the guy who uh, makes this offense go. You're going to see probably Mitchell be a, more of a shoot up uh, or spot up shoot uh, shooter here. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I really like this team. I think they're very interesting. I think you make a great point. The fifth guy probably doesn't matter, but um, you know NBA teams get enamored by that kind of team. Full full five unit, blah blah blah. Uh, the other four are going to be pretty dang good. Now, to number 11, we talked a lot of trash about this guy already, former teammate of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, coming at number 11, Minnesota Timberwolves. Last year went 46 and 36, which is good for seventh in the West. They got bounced 4-2 in round one by the Memphis Grizzlies. Keys, Cody. Do Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert work? I mean, I think so, because Carl Anthony Towns doesn't really want to play near the basket anyway. Great, because here's my follow-up question, and this is kind of my main point for the Timberwolves, which I don't think, which if people are talking about, I haven't heard enough. Is there enough shooting on this team to actually make a leap to be a 50-win team? Because I do not see a lot of shooting on this roster outside of Carl Anthony Towns and every once in a while, D'Angelo Russell, right? Like, uh, it seems like Timberwolves, everything I've seen, yeah, but Ant is not just a Clay Thompson type, right? Like, he can go get his own basket, but is Rudy going to, is Rudy Gobert going to kind of cramp his space a little bit? Are his shots going to be much tougher this year? This is Anthony Um, Edwards' team. Like, let's make that clear. It is Anthony Edwards' team. Is that you? You you think that it is now? You think Carl Anthony Towns is on board with that, or Carl Anthony Towns knows that? I mean, I think that if it was Carl Anthony Towns' team, they wouldn't be ranked this high. Mm. So, what do you think about the shooting aspect? That you're not worried about it. You just think the physical presence and profiles of those players, Anthony Edwards, just a full blown stardom. Like it, it doesn't matter. The talent just kind of overtakes. Yeah, I just I think they're good. I think that overall the pieces, like to me, they kind of fit and make sense, and I think they'll be good. Daniel, would you agree the same? Because this is kind of the biggest thing I, I really only want to talk about about the Timberwolves. Because to me, I mean, last year they were first in pace. They were getting up the up and down the court at breakneck speed, which led to a lot of stupid decisions. We know that Carl Anthony Towns can make dumb decisions. But with Rudy Gobert, like, you cannot play that running pace. Now, he might say he'll want to. He won't do it for a full season. And you just look at those Jazz teams for the past couple years. They were mid-tier in the 20s in pace. So it seems like they're going to have to change their whole offensive physical profile to fit Rudy Gobert into their style. And when you go to more of a not as much running gun getting stuff off of that running up and down and it's more in the half court shooting is premium 
And do you have the same worries about shooting with this team? Yeah, I don't think they're a good shooting team at all. I, and I, adding a guy like a Kyle Anderson, like they added from the Grizzlies, was the opposite of really kind of what they needed, which was weird that they added a guy like that. But I, I think they could have got a vet for for cheap. But um, they did, you know, they did struggle outside and a lot of it last year. And I think you're going to see a team like this. Uh, they will look really good at times, and you're going to see the potential. And there's going to be a lot of the year where they do look good, and they're going to be playing well. But I guarantee, and go ahead and mark this down, that there will be a point in this year that you're they're all of a sudden going to you're going to hear little bickering. There's always going to be some talking mm. about this. I think this is going to be a team that's going to look good a lot of the year, but there'll be that time of the year where all of a sudden there's a team meeting and they're just struggling. And what that is going to be is there's going to be a lot of coaches that have done the homework on a team like this. And they figured them out a little bit because they're going to be very one-dimensional. They're going to be big and they're going to be tough to play against. But once you kind of crack the code, I think this team is going to be very one-dimensional. And so I don't like the addition of adding Rudy Gobert. I don't like Rudy Gobert at all. I think he's very playable off the court. And so I think that this team is going to definitely hit, you know, their head against the wall. But also, I feel like they lost a little bit of what they were good at, such as being able to take a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and be a big that can stretch the floor a little bit. Now, you you made him just a stretch four. He's just a little bit bigger of a stretch four, but that doesn't help you at all. That you kind of took away your advantage and your style. And so I think they're actually going the wrong way. Yeah, it's it's interesting fit. We'll kind of see how it works out because I think at first uh, it was as soon as we heard the trade went down, it was okay. This makes sense. This is going to be a fifty to fifty-two win team. Like it just makes sense. Like the ascension of that Rudy Gobert is a top five, top ten defense by himself. Now he's with all these other guys. Um, and the more and more I've kind of looked at it, I've started to see, like you said, the chinks in their armor, basically um, where they could fall flat and so i think this still will be a really good regular season team this is why we all kind of rank them in this spot um but i certainly don't think that they're destined for more than maybe what i thought just a couple months ago because there's a lot of Jaden mcdaniel's hype and it seems like minnesota fans are it's all about his development and i just i i'm interested by player i think he's a fine player I have not seen the consistency. And if he gets the consistency, the Timberwolves will be scary for sure. Um, But I just don't think he's that kind of player yet. So um, good regular season team. We'll be interested by where they are sitting in the playoffs uh, via their seeding. Top 10. Getting to number 10 right here. The Miami Heat. Woo. At 10. Wow. Uh, Last year. 53 and 29, which is good for first in the Eastern Conference. They were bounced in the conference finals in game seven by the Boston Celtics. One Jimmy Butler three away. And we turned around and ranked them 10th after those credentials. Um, but here's the thing man, they are slow and old and steady. Oh, wait, they're not really. If you look at their roster, they are actually a pretty young team. <laughs> it's just the top guys are old right like jimmy butler's old kyle uh kyle lowry is old 
Besides that, all guys that contributed for them last year to make the Eastern Conference Finals and almost made the NBA Finals, I believe, are pretty much 25 and under. So this is a more this is a younger team than I expected it to be. And Tyler Hero got paid. Um, Cody, do you have any Tyler Hero agenda that you want to give out to the people? Are you a big Tyler Hero fan? Or um, do you have any conspiracy theories surrounding Tyler Hero's contract? No, I don't have any conspiracy theories or anything like that. I actually, I mean, I used to, but the other day I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons talk to Zach Lowe, and they kind of brought that up and talked about how, I don't know, the cap is somehow going up or something. They seem to know more about it than I would, and they said that that contract wouldn't seem that ridiculous, but that contract seems ridiculous to me. But <laughs> I don't know. Those guys you know seem why to... it seems ridiculous is because it is ridiculous. Right. That's care. what I thought, but I feel <laughs> like those guys know more than me, so I thought, you know, maybe I would defer to Zach Lowe on that, but I don't know. It just yeah, seems, but, well, seems it, pretty like, wild. What is it, 30-something million a year? Like, I know some – the biggest thing, obviously, is the incentives, right? Like, I think some of the incentives is – He's got to be defensive player of the year or something like that's a joke. He's never going to get that. Um, but like to compare it to a salary cap, like now, like what is, what is that to a salary cap now? 20 something. Is that still an exorbitant price for a six man who had a good playoffs in the bubble that we haven't really seen since? I mean, we've seen him flashes and he can score, but, I mean, he's pretty inconsistent as a player. I would not call him a reliable player on a team that's trying to make a finals. Would you? Uh, no, I would not. So this is what this is why I brought up the part of the conspiracy theory. Is this, um, Daniel, you can join in on this too. Is this Pat Riley getting everything lined up salary cap filler-wise for a big midseason trade? Is this the real Kevin Durant trade waiting? I mentioned earlier about the Raptors. And I hate to mention KD in every trade for the next six months, but it's the biggest thing out there, right? Is the reason why Pat Riley did this was to lock um, Hero up long-term and to have the cap filler to be able to facilitate, facilitate a bigger star trade like that? I've never thought about it like that, but I think you might actually be right. Um, I I just don't – like, I like this team. I think this team is fine. I think they're going to be good. I think they'll be a tough team, especially out in the East. But, man, I just don't – I don't know if I trust them. I don't trust Kyle mm. Lowry anymore. I just don't. And I think if there's a way to get off of Kyle Lowry and bring back maybe a younger point guard – and someone else, like, yes, that makes sense. But who's going to pay for that? I think you're kind of stuck with Kyle Lowry. And I'm not looking at their contracts right now, um, how long he's there for. But I just don't trust him. I think he's I think he's kind of washed. And I think that's what you're going to see, that he's really going to hurt this team. I just don't think he's the player mm-hmm. he used to be. Wow. Cody, before we move on to the next team, simple X factor for the Miami Heat. The reason they get over the hump and make the finals is because of what? Injuries to other teams in the NBA. <laughs> wow. So not by any merit of their own doing. <laughs> no. It's going to be because every other team got injured. 
Yeah, I mean, like for like we'll get to this late. We'll get to this later on in the rankings. But like, there's there is a team in the East that I think like there would have to be some major things happen to them before the the Heat would be Heat would potentially be in the finals. Like okay. some, yeah, I just barring yeah. injury. Sorry, <laughs> Miami. You're gonna be playing I, in a three quarters <laughs> empty stadiums. I like because to give you're not gonna be in the finals. I like to give you open-ended questions because I never know what you're going to give me as an answer, and I was not expecting that, and it was a great answer. Let's mm-hmm. move on to number nine. The Memphis Grizzlies cracked the top ten. Last year, 56-26, and 26, second in the West. They were bounced 4-2 in round two by the Warriors. Um, I, should I start with Daniel or make him last, Cody? Um we're gonna I mean, make him. Do you work. think it? I mean, I We're think I don't think work. he'll. I don't think he'll be able to last. <laughs> uh, all right, Gunny. We're gonna start with you first. A all team right. that surprised most everyone. In the rest, or not most everyone, I would say absolutely everyone, made second in the West. Now they have kind of this mini transition. They've moved more to younger players, more versatile players. Um, is that kind of the reason why? you think the Grizzlies could step back or falter a little bit is switching from relying on older rotation guys like Kyle Anderson, D'Anthony Melton, and moving towards younger second-year guys like Zaire Williams and maybe a rookie or two and just their development. Um, I guess more of the consistency of things. Is that potentially the downfall for this team to falter a little bit? Um, I think more than anything, it'll be like injuries and stuff like that. Like, mm. I think it depends on, you know, is Jaron going to be playing? Like, is he going to be in the rotation? Like, is he going to be in the game because he's fouling so much? Like, I, re- mm. I really think a lot of like this team's success, like really is centered around Jaron Jackson. Cause I think mm. like you, <clears throat> I kind of think, you know, what you're going to get from the other guys. Um, like, you know, what you're getting from jaw every night. Like, you know what you're getting from Bane, like, but it's Jaron Jackson that it's like, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be in foul trouble? Is he going to be on the court? Because when he's on the court and able to play defense without fouling, he does make like a huge difference. Yeah. And he can shoot. He can, you know, he's he creates a lot of problems matchup wise when he's on the floor. So I think that really that's the biggest thing, honestly. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else other than that as far as like my X factor for them. Yeah, I mean, last year, what's interesting stat-wise is, like, if you take away the win-loss record and just compared this team stat-wise, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, et cetera, their stats matched up to a below-average team, which is odd. Um, And that was based on, you know, the power rankings I started doing last year. It's just a weird thing. And now, but here's the thing, they have transitioned to younger rotational pieces who – they have said that they wanted to shoot better and they look like they're more consistent shooters. So, um, Daniel, is that the biggest thing for you is just the, the shooting consistency since let me say it again. Is that the biggest thing for you, Daniel, with this team, the shooting consistency around John Morant and Desmond Bay? Yeah, I think that that really is honestly. And if you look at the so far into the, the preseason, I don't know if Desmond Bain has hit a three-pointer yet. And so <laughs> that is a little worrisome, but I, I do think that, you know, obviously he'll be fine. 
But if you look at it like, what did Kyle Anderson do shooting wise? Nothing, right? What did DeAnthony Melton do? Realistically, I don't think he did much shooting wise. I think what he did outside of his shooting was his reason that they had to have him on the court at certain times. And the reason that he flipped games is because of his defense. Same with Kyle Anderson, it's his defense. It was his kind of weird style that kind of threw you off a little bit. I think that is really going to be hurt, but this team so far has changed their their style of defense, which has been honestly intriguing to watch and see what they're doing. Uh, but so far, I, I'm interested. And one thing I will say about the Grizzlies is I'm curious is how far they go and however far they do go, it will be because Ja Morant, and that is realistically the truth. But I look at this team, and I did not have this thought about them at all. Um, it was it was simply that I felt like they they didn't do anything, and that they had a very low ceiling, in my opinion. But after looking at the team so far, hearing about things off the court, and kind of seeing uh, the team chemistry, um, I feel like team chemistry call, uh, cures a lot of ailments. But also, what I see is this team can play really well together due to the the team chemistry. And I think that's very important, especially if you get, you know, any kind of output from like a guy like Santi Aldama, that's probably going to be the starting four on opening night. This team actually could be much better than last year's team only, only because two guys, Santi Aldama and John Conchar. Mm, man, that's a, uh, to casual NBA fans listening to this podcast, that's a deep cut. They're like, who? That's that's a deep cut. Yeah, go Google that. And <laughs> no, but to to kind of wrap things up on the Grizzlies, John Moran is an absolute lightning rod. And so far, if you've watched any of their games in preseason, he looks faster, which is scary. Um, but this team blew teams' doors off in transition and offensive rebounds, hitting the glass. And now there is no transition take foul. So this was a team like the Timberwolves who lived with pace. And now you take away that transition take foul, they're going to get even more open in pace. So it's going to be scary. It's going to be interesting. The, the, the consistency is going to be the key for sure. And I think Cody made a good point with Jaron Jackson Jr. Absolutely. Now the team in the same division, one step right above, them. we don't love it personally as Grizzlies fans, but we have to be fair and objective. Number eight comes in the Dallas Mavericks. Last year, 52-30, and 30, which was fourth in the West, bounced 4-1 in the conference finals by the Golden State Warriors. Daniel, we'll get you back to first here. Have you kind of cooled down after your little Grizzlies, uh, <laughs> little Grizzlies, uh, wet your appetite a little bit? Yeah, uh, I like the Dallas Mavericks. I, I really do. Um, but I'm curious of how deep this team is. Like, mm. I that's what worries me about them. I like Luca as as much as everybody else does. I think Christian Wood can be a really good addition. But from what I'm seeing, and it doesn't make sense, they're talking about bringing Christian Wood off the bench, like starting Javale McGee. Yep. Like I I understand why maybe, but. It, I don't understand why. Like, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, you went out and got a guy who can play with a guy like Luca so well. Like, move out of the lane, give some space. You're clogging the lane with JaVel McGee. 
just to be better defensively. That doesn't make sense to me. I think that's going to be their issue. I think they eventually go back to Christian Wood being a starter. But if it's JaVel McGee, no, nah, I don't I don't have any worries about the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> it's interesting about JaVel McGee. I mean, he does add quote unquote rim projection, rim protection, not projection. You can project that he will have good rim protect. You can just say that 10 times fast, Cody, if you want to work on that. Um, but this is a defensive <laughs> projected rim protection. Uh, this is a defensive juggernaut in waiting, right? And the thing is, they play – this is the opposite of the Grizzlies. They play at a snail's pace. They were 30th in pace last year. They barely move. Um, and I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. So it's basically – Luca MVP, go get us everything. When you don't have it, kick out to us and we'll bomb it away from three. That's the formula that they use against the Suns, and they blew out the Suns in game seven, give them props, and then they ran into the Warriors and it just fell flat. Um, but Cody, obviously, Christian Wood, Daniel already said it. They brought in Christian Wood. They said they're going to bring him off the bench. Media day, he said, oh, that sounds like news to me. Um, and then Jason Kidd had to kind of like PR save it on why he didn't know about that. Um, is do you think the Mavericks are really relying on Christian Wood to have a good season for them to make kind of another step, or do you think he's just kind of a roll the dice free role for them as a player? If he works out, great. If not, nah, we brought him in here to be a quote unquote bench guy, anyways. We're just kind of taking a look at the talent. I think it's hilarious that we're talking about Christian Wood as like the make or break, like linchpin and like what is happening in Dallas when there's a no, guy on their I, team named Luka fucking <laughs> Doncic. No, I'm but asking like, not he's the linchpin, but like we know about Luka. No, I know, but I just think it's funny that like, like <laughs> that's my, I, that essentially is my opinion of Christian Wood. Like, mm. I mean, like, yeah, he's a guy who could probably play well. Like, yeah, they're going to start JaVale McGee. Like, I think they took a flyer on Christian Wood anyway. Like, he was in Detroit, then he was in Houston. Like, he's been good stats, bad team. Like, now he's on actually on a team that knows, you know, what success is like a little bit. So, it's going to be, uh, it's just, it's going to be, I think this is like a really a make or break year for Christian Wood more than it is for like yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the franchise isn't going anywhere as long as Luka Doncic is there. Right. Yeah. Like, like we'll be talking always... about them. We'll be talking about them as like a contender in the playoffs. As long as he's on that team, it doesn't matter. You put scrubs on that team and he'll somehow find a way, but yeah, the, but it's more about like Christian Woods year, I think for him than it is for. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas, I, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, that's why I think ultimately that Christian Wood is just a free role for this team. I don't think any of their hopes on being really good or, Oh, he elevates us. I don't think there's any intention of that. If that's been said, or if other people said that, sorry, then I have not heard that, but, to me, he's just – if he works out, great. If he doesn't, whatever. Um, but if he hits, then he will really hit for this team. So it seems like the ultimate free roll for the Dallas Mavericks, who, you know, I won't say are a for sure fire. Like, you could see them making the Western Conference Finals again, but they obviously have that belief that they're a step away. 
And so gambling on someone like Christian would make sense if it works out because it could help propel them to a more competitive Western Conference Finals appearance. But getting down to our final two teams in this week's rankings, number seven. This is where people are going to – this is like we got you all the way to the end here. People might not come back after this one, um, after these next two, because we know NBA media has had all summer to digest stuff, and they all eventually – over the couple months with their live chats and articles and all this kind of stuff, they all start to buy in on a couple of teams. And a couple of teams always appear at the tops of all of these top guys in basketball media. And we aren't those people. Um, we are honest people who can be wrong. We admit when we're wrong. Um, but we like to rank kind of how we see it. Um, so this is going to be heavily like, – people are not going to agree with this pick, at this team being at seven, and especially at the team at six. But this will be good fireworks for the end of the episode. Number seven, the Philadelphia 76ers, who last year went 51-31, and 31, which was good for fourth in the East, bounced 4-2 in round two by the Miami Heat. All right, Daniel. Let's do it. Are all the pieces finally aligned on this roster for Joel Embiid to make an NBA Finals? Yeah, I think they're actually my favorite to win the East. Oh, so talking about those groupthink people, you're one of them. I, I wouldn't say I'm one of them. I had this thought many a times before I ever saw. Um, I just think... Um, I just think I always go back to, you know, what is the reason that somebody wants to be good in the regular season? Um, and I think that this team has plenty to be good enough for to set themselves up uh, in the playoffs. I think the team is good. Uh, but I, I do think that Joel Embiid wants to prove a point this year. I think James Harden has potential of being good. And I think that the surrounding cast around him is going to be good. I think that they are the best team in the East, like top to bottom. Wow. I don't think they have the best players such as, you know, I, I think Giannis is amazing. I think he could easily be the best player in the entire world, let alone uh, in the East. And so I just think that the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team. I think Doc sucks. And I think that's really their biggest problem. Well, the Eagles are pretty good at football. That is right. Um, <laughs> Did I say the Eagles? <laughs> yes. 76ers, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. I can tell what you're watching in the background then. Uh, <laughs> Cody, mm -hmm. you have been on the hype train when we did our futures episode a couple months ago. If you did and you took the Cleveland Cavaliers, a prop I gave out on the season wins over 42 and a half, you're feeling pretty good right now and you're welcome. Um, not so good about the Brooklyn Nets playoff chances. But anyways, um, you were you were one. I believe you were the person to offer the suggestion of taking Joel Embiid MVP. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes, you is are correct this, in that assumption. Is this is this MVP Embiid's year? Is this the year of Embiid? He's been. Back-to-back -back year, second in the MVP voting. He's got James Harden. James Harden has lost weight. He looks locked in. Whatever he needs to help the team, what everybody says on their PR, PR tour, 
They've got P.J. Tucker, D'Anthony Melton. They've added all these pieces. Um, you're buying the summer hype that the Philadelphia Sex, the 76ers have been steadily getting for the past two or three months. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that when we did these lists, like, we didn't have James Harden, like, in Terminator mode. Like, we didn't know he was going to be in shape for basketball season, mm. um, which is, like, a sad thing to say about someone who makes as much money as he does. But um, he showed up in shape, and it seems like he's kind of got, you know, the eye of the tiger, and that's, in, you know, that's encouraging, along with all the other stuff they have going on in Joel Embiid and – I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a good team, too. The only problem I have is Tobias Harris is still on this basketball team. So, for me, mm. I'm very interested. Like, I don't know by All-Star break if I believe the 76ers are a championship contender or not. And it will be solely based on if Ty, Tobias Harris is on the team. Um, so, for me, I actually think the 76ers aren't done. I do not think this is the roster coming into the season that will end the season with. Um, so I think there's another move or two to be made to solidify that, especially, you know, everybody's talking about the tanking for Wimbayama and Scoot Henderson. Um, and a lot of GMs have said, you know, all these tanking teams, we might be able to pick off their pieces that, since they're trying to tank. The 76ers feel like a team prime to take advantage of that kind of situation. So that is what I'm monitoring more closely because I'm interested by the team now. I don't really buy it as this hype that everybody's given them as being the preeminent team to come out of the East. But I could if they were able to buy low on somebody and able to get off of Tobias Harris, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but let's get to our final team. Boy. 76ers was a wild one at number seven. At number six, the Los Angeles Clippers. Last year, 42 and 40, eighth in the West, bounced out of the play-in by the Patrick Beverly Timberwolves and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Daniel Kwai and Paul George are back and are part of the consensus deepest roster in the NBA. Reports are saying for media day and stuff, Kawhi looks bigger, looks ready. Um, we have them at six. Everybody has the Clippers coming out of the West for the most part. But, you know, it's, it's basically Warriors Clippers in some order. Uh, same kind of question with 76ers. I mean, these aren't, these aren't uh, mind-numbingly difficult questions to answer here. Are you buying? Wow. Um, I'm not buying it. I just, I just don't, I don't see it. I think Kawhi is really, really good. And I think Paul George is really, really good. They've never done it so far together. And I just, and I know there's been injuries and I know there's been issues, but I haven't seen it. I need to see it before you can actually like take the next step. I don't actually think they're a, a, a true championship contender. I don't think the pieces are there, even though people say they are. I don't, I don't see it. Outside of those two guys, those two on that team are the only two that were ranked in the top 100, even though they're the deepest team, they were the only two ranked in the top 100 on their team. 
from all the other M- uh, GMs or whoever ranked that for the ESPN. I guess it was the ESPN that did that. But I, I just I always go back to that, that there's not a lot of really good talent on their team except for the top two guys. And that's it. Hmm. Cody, besides health, because this is the obvious health team candidate, so we're not gonna, I'm not going to let you use that option. Um, it does feel like a roster where it has just too many B-level players, right? Um, B to C-level players who probably think they deserve to play, um, and John Wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are you more interested to see if there's locker room issues? Do you think this is a team that, kind of like I said with the 76ers, might will probably look a little different heading into the playoffs or are you more interested if John Wall is going to actually contribute to this team and if the Clippers are expecting John Wall to contribute is this ultimately what is their downfall if the Clippers are expecting John Wall to contribute like that's laughable honestly but if the (laughs) if the Clippers are you know if he's just like a nice thing to have then like that's that's great um yeah if they're counting on john wall like what the f- <laughs> so are you are you more concerned about um you know ty Lue will try anything right like rosters mm-hmm. are fluid like roster lineups are fluid to him do you think there's like any potential for distractions per se or do you think there's just one goal? It's finally our time. Everyone's overthinking this. We're the deepest roster in the league. We've got Kawhi and Paul George. We're the NBA champion. Why are, you, why are we thinking about anyone else? Yeah, I mean, like, they have put Kawhi and Paul George, but, like, they also haven't seen Kawhi and Paul George play together at all. So, um, like, maybe let's get them on the court together before we start – thinking championship or bust. Hmm. But so for our last two picks to kind of wrap up the episode here for these next 10, six and seven Clippers, 76ers. Are we going to be run out of the building for that opinion? No, why would we? I think it's good. Okay. So most people have them, you know, in the top five at least. Um, But they they are not cracking our top five, which people counting on one hand, we can figure out who those top five teams are. I guess they just have to figure out the order, which I know one of them, many people are going to have a very strong opinion of that they haven't heard yet on why that team is still in the top five based on the past couple of months. But we don't buy the hype here at Free Basketball. We are free thinkers, um, just like with Cody's you know, Northern Lights background mm-hmm. as he kind of floats around his screen. Always float. Uh, oh, we did. <laughs> but let's wrap this up. Uh, you got the, the next 10 teams. That was 15 through six. Thanks for coming again this week. Um, next week will be the top five. Before we go, we always have to do a plug session and we'll let Daniel go first what? this week. We have to do a what? <laughs> Plug oh, section. section. <laughs> Here comes the plug. Oh, I, dear uh... God. <laughs> For the next five to ten minutes. We'll be plugging. 
<laughs> Give me just a plug in. Uh, yep. So if you're a Grizzlies fan, go check out Grizz901 podcast. We are part of the Grizz lead team, which is part of the lead sports media, uh, which we are a part of as well here at Free Basketball. So that's all I have. Um, I am uh, doing some other things on the side. If you're a betting person, follow me. Uh, you can follow me at Daniel Greer. Uh, you can check out me there. That way you can uh, kind of follow along. I'm doing a lot of uh, NFL betting. And if you like kicker props, I'm your guy. Love kicker props. Uh, Cody, do you have anything to uh, plug this week? I absolutely do not. Easy. Just listen to the podcast. Just listen to the podcast. That's all I've got to say, too. So thanks for tuning in. Gearing up another week of NBA preseason coming up. The season is fast approaching. Hope everyone's getting excited and ready for basketball to be back in our lives all of the time for the next six months or so. Um, So everybody, hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope everybody has a good week. See you with the top five next Monday. We out.